Ladies and gentlemen, this is Trapo. We have this evening a very special Trapo's mailbag. Although it's not that special at all. It's just a bunch of comments people have left that we're going to read. I was just about to ask, what makes it so special? I don't recall. Not a goddamn thing. Except your wonderful comments. Let's not disparage the uh, the listeners, the dear, dear listeners, for uh, bothering to comment on our blog. People are taking time out of their busy days to comment on this blog. They don't have to. So, I'm Dustin. I'm Kai. And uh, we're going to start this odyssey with uh, a couple of uh, straggler comments from Trapo's Mailbag number four. We're going a little further back this time because we, uh, we we had a little hiatus. So anyway, CJ, returning champion CJ says, I'd like to see some Tony Basil discussion. Mickey was the big novelty hit back in the day that everybody remembers, but the album that singles from Word of Mouth is a really top-notch sort of new wave pop confection that nobody ever talks about. I'm not sure if anybody even gave it a listen, just writing her off as a brain this one hit wonder tony basil deserves a reappraisal so cj first off thank you for the comment uh the thing about tony basil is i don't know i think she's great i really do i think word of mouth is cool i bought the record at the uh an antique shop for six bucks and it was in mint condition i thought it was a great find and i listened to it that's the first time i listened to word of mouth was on vinyl i heard mickey everyone's heard mickey I listened to word of mouth front to back on vinyl and you know what i was really surprised at just how good it was as a pop album it's just pretty solid music do you know anything about tony basil aside from mickey kai nothing oh there you go i mean that's it right there i would suggest you listen to word of mouth but i'm not gonna lose my mind if you don't i'm not gonna be pissed like i can't believe you didn't listen to word of mouth i think it's kind of a hidden gem i wouldn't mind doing a good greater garbage about it at some point in the future because i, I think it is worth revisiting solid uh new wave pop tony basil was a choreographer she was a dancer but turns out she had a really good ear for music like she was a talent and i wish that she'd become more of a mainstream success because if she'd really caught on aside from mickey if she'd caught on as a musical artist i just wonder what she could have done in the late 80s i think it would have been kind of an interesting trajectory that's kind of a neat suggestion i would definitely consider that at some point in the future doing word of mouth the next comment is actually in direct relation to that comment and that is by a frequent commenter john doe always good to see people coming back again and again i really appreciate that john doe says tony basil nothing against tony but what about tori you can't tackle tony basil before tori amos and Dustin agrees. Yeah, I agree. There's got to be a law against that, says John Doe. <laughs> there is. I don't... It's the Trapo law. It's like the third Trapo law. Tory before yeah. Tony. Uh, Trapo law number 437. No Tony Basil before Tory Amos. Sorry, John Doe wins this one. I'm just giving you a hard time because I don't really know Tony Basil at all, except for the song Mickey, and nobody under 30 probably even knows that anymore. But Tori Amos is still out there making meaningful music in the public consciousness, and that matters. There's nothing wrong with pop fluff. God knows we need it sometimes, but nobody's going to dissect the finer points of Mickey. They could if they wanted to. We could. We could. We could. I could. I may. At some point in the near future, I can New blog post. People can take some of Tori Amos' work under a microscope and really take it apart like a pocket watch, getting lost in all the minute gears that make the larger piece work. So Tori Amos, 
That's a good topic. You know what, John Doe? I think both of us would agree with that. John Doe getting a little flower with the pros at the end. I don't, I don't mind yeah. that. Uh, here's the thing. 2022 marks the 30th anniversary of Little Earthquakes. So that sounds like a pretty good excuse to me to actually cover Little Earthquakes here at Trapo. There's no plan, by the way. I don't know if we've ever let you in on this before, but yeah, there's no plan. We just kind of play this by year. At best, our schedule is penciled in. We have oh, some yeah. more comments. Our next batch of comments has to do with the uh, Good Greater Garbage episode dealing with Halsey's If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. Our first comment is from is it returning, returning commenter okay oh, yes. our returning champion drowning polar bears so depressing yeah. drowning polar bears says i'm a huge fan of this record it's an emotional roller coaster that leaves me feeling elated broken and appreciative every time i listen to it i do have to take issue with the constant praise of trent Reznor and atticus ross at the expense of halsey however at times it feels like you're giving the two men all of the credit when they were merely helping bring Halsey's vision to life. That's a bit problematic when the subject of the album is purely from a feminine perspective. Championing an album that tells such heart-wrenching and beautiful stories all about the horrors and wonders of womanhood and giving so much credit to a pair of men for bringing that record to life might not be the best look. Sure, their work helped bring If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power to life, but Halsey's was the guiding hand that created this masterwork and that shouldn't be forgotten or minimized. I also don't know how good these tracks would sound without lyrics since they were all crafted with the verse-chorus-verse lyrical structure in mind. The stuff on all the Nine Inch Nails ghost collections was made without those structures in mind, and that allows the music to flow in all sorts of different directions. These songs might be interesting to listen to without lyrics once as an experiment, but they wouldn't be as satisfying since the overall structure of the songs would still be evident. You'd be hearing the lyrics in your head as the songs ebb and flow with now missing words guiding their structure. Good episode overall, though. Don't sleep on Halsey's earlier work. The cleverness and storytelling is in her other stuff, just with different beats attached. Don't just wait for what's next. Go back and listen to the rest of Halsey's catalog. You might find more to enjoy there. First off, thank you, Drowning Polar Bears, for the comment. We both appreciate that. Where do you stand on the uh, charge that we were praising Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross at the expense of Halsey? I don't know if it was at the expense of... It was just that we're more familiar with their catalog. So yeah. they're the ones that we reference more probably because that was our perspective. But I also recall mentioning several times that this is an album about a woman and a baby and having a fucking baby and pregnancy and shit like that. And that is not something that we can fathom. I literally said at one point, you, s- you said that, I know that you we said were, that. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were just working in service of Halsey's vision. I said that I'm not crazy, right? Yeah. That's in the episode. I didn't listen to all of the episode, but I, I remember you saying. I'll have to cut that part out because that makes us sound. I, no, of course Kai listened to the whole episode. Why wouldn't he? You listened to the whole <laughs> thing. This is Trapo. Quality <laughs> control is very important for us. But yeah, I, uh, I know I said that. I said it on the episode. I've literally never heard anything from Halsey before this album. My perspective was... I would not have listened to If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power if I didn't know that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were producing it. I said it in the in the episode. That got me into it. Halsey kept yeah. me listening. I feel like the, the fact that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were producing the album got a lot of people that would otherwise have ignored Halsey's music 
invested in it. I don't think we're alone. Like, we're an isolated case there. I think that's a valid way to come to this album. I don't understand why that would be a problem. It gets more people listening to the music. I think that's really yeah. what you want, right? I said at the end of the episode, whatever Halsey does next, I'm in. And I mean that. They are on an interesting musical journey, and I want to be part of it. Even if Trip Reznor doesn't come back, I don't give a fuck. I'm in it for Halsey at this point. What are they doing next? I'm in. We were completely honest in the episode about why we decided to listen to the album. And we were also completely honest about why we kept listening to the album. Yeah, I, I remember you saying we came for the Nine Inch Nails and we stayed because of Halsey. Maybe you thought we were being unfair to Halsey throughout the, the body of our podcast, but... This is their piece of art. I'm sure probably Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross would say that they just helped guide the vision of this piece of art. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't make it. It. If you ask them, that they would say that. I, I, I agree. Now, as for the uh, the idea that, that you would like to listen to the music without lyrics, I think this is actually relevant. What he says, the music in If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power was designed with a lyrical structure. You remove the lyrics, you'll still hear the lyrical structure in the songs. It's not like a Ghosts album, where it can go wherever it wants to. The melody can just kind of go wherever right. it fits. This is, is stuck to a specific structure. And that's why I thought it would be interesting, because I wondered if you would be able to imagine some sort of lyrics in your head if mm. you listen to it with the lyrics removed, but you were also familiar with these people i don't know i don't think at any point kai was saying that he thought the music would sound better without the lyrics i don't think if that's what you thought he was implying that's not what he was implying at all uh thank you for the comment drowning polar bears don't think we're coming down on you with our response we're just trying to have a conversation that's all i don't think either one of us were ever attempting to disparage halsey or no in our episode we were not at all we were just trying to be honest about our perspective about where we came from and about why we listened to the album in the first place thank you for the comment drowning polar bears and please please come keep back. listening yeah keep listening keep commenting speaking of comments our next comment is by a new commenter i think called seven seven nevin if i can't have love i want power is a work of art, an album about a woman working through some serious shit and coming out on the other side of this journey, a truly changed individual. It has my respect for that alone, but the music is just on another level. It reminds me of another record that I think is a work of art, one that's working through a few similar themes, but also a whole host of other baggage the artist has been carrying around her whole life to exercise these demons in an attempt to move on with her life a stronger person. The artist is King Woman, and the album is Celestial Blues. King Woman, a.k.a. Christina Esfandiari, was raised in a devout, charismatic Christian household. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's a real thing, Kai. You should look that up. Charismatic Christian household, and these experiences did some damage. As an adult, she's been using her music through various bands and various names as an outlet to process some of her traumatic past. And Celestial Blues is the culmination of this process, casting herself as Lucifer incarnate, turning away from the light of an uncaring god to build a new life for herself as a fallen angel. All right, I'm in. A fitting metaphor for severing her ties from a fundamentalist and even abusive family. It's powerful music filled with rage and conflict and catharsis, self-destruction and liberation. It's a work I would absolutely hold in the same regard as Halsey's masterpiece. 
Okay. I'll I'll definitely check that out. Uh we'll we'll look at that seven. Have you ever listened to this? Oh, Celestial Blues? Fuck yes. King Woman. Holy yeah. Thank you. What was it? Seven seven seven? You got something going on. I mean look, it's not necessarily on the same uh like the same kind of music because uh King Woman is fucking heavy. It's mean and it's cruel. But man, there's therapy happening in the in that music. Oh. I know this is yeah, great. Seven 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 is this is gonna happen. There's mm. going to be some It's discussion. on my list. I'll fucking check it out. Celestial Blues from King Woman. Oh, man. That's an ice comment. I appreciate that one very much. Thank you for your comment, 777. I'll check it out. You absolutely should, Kai. It's on the fucking list. It should be at the top of the list, is what I'm saying, Kai. Put that at the top of the list. The, okay. Very, the tippy top of your list. Just the tip. Right on the tip. This is the best episode of Travel ever, my friends. Our final comment on the Halsey, fucking the good, greater garbage, Halsey, fuck, what is it called? (laughs) Our final comment on the if I can't have love, I want power post is from our returning champion, Pullman Projects. Okay, Pullman Projects says, The album's good, but I wouldn't go so far as to call it great or a masterpiece. A lot of the time I feel like the music by Trent Reznor is outshining the vocals. Or maybe it's just more engaging than the vocals, and I'd rather just be listening to the music by itself. It's tackling some pretty heavy themes, and I appreciate that. Most of it doesn't hit me as deeply as I guess I was expecting it to. Maybe it's because I'm a man and don't have this perspective, but I'm not sure. And when Halsey sings, there is a lighthouse in the middle of the deep end. That just sounds stupid. Think about it. Does that sound like a focused, well-thought-out line? No, it doesn't. She's got a lot of talent, but I don't know if this is as transcendent as so many people seem to claim it is. I know I'm probably in the minority on this one, but that's my opinion. The episode did get me thinking about the music more, and even to appreciate it more than I previously did, so I'll give you that. Before I listened, I was at about a 5. After, I met maybe a 7. Solid stuff, just not top tier. Well, thank you for the comment, Pullman Projects. We appreciate it. I don't know. There is a lighthouse in the middle of the deep end. May not be the best line in the entire canon of musical lyrics, but Jesus Christ, that's like one line in a whole album. You single that out. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Indeed. If it didn't work for you as well as it worked for us, I can't fault you for that. I can't blame you. We helped them bump it up to a seven, which is a pretty decent album. A seven's a pretty good score. I'll level with you. So I'm not going to complain. Thank you for the comment, Pullman Projects. I hope you keep coming back. And uh, next time, try to like the thing that we like as much as we like it. That's all I'm asking. Meet us halfway and like everything we like. That's all. Our next comment is from uh, Trepo's Mailbag number five. It's going to take forever. It's going to be hilarious. We can zoom through them. All right. We have some new comments on our episode, Trepo's Mailbag number five. The first comment is from Wink Seltzer Cannibal. Perfect. (laughs) Beautiful. Love it. I've never heard of Frankenhooker. I can't believe that's a real movie. I've heard of Natalie Merchant, and I like her music quite a bit i haven't heard paradise is there however i didn't know that is a re-recording of tiger lily that's news to me and now i'll have to check it out patty griffin is a solid contemporary of natalie merchants who's been around making music nearly as long and in a similar folk oriented style i admit some of her newer stuff doesn't really hit as hard as her earlier music at least not for me but living with ghosts and flaming red are one-two punch of 90s little fair era gloriousness Thank you for your comment, Wink Seltzer Cannibal. Have you ever heard of Patty Griffin? Mm-mm. 
I've never heard of her. Isn't Living with Ghosts the name of that uh, the 10th anniversary Black Parade reissue, right? Living with Ghosts? Wasn't that what they called it? I don't know. Whatever. I've never heard of this. I feel weird that I haven't because I was pretty checked into all the uh, that kind of little fair music of the time, like Paula Cole and uh, Sean Colvin. I mean, literally, like Lisa Loeb, all of them. I was really clued into that at the time. I've never heard Patty Griffin before. Oh, well, that's new to me, Wink Seltzer cannibal thank, thank you for the name i appreciate that me too i'll make a note of it and i'll check out some of uh, living with ghosts and flaming red from patty griffin okay i'll i'll, I'll check that shit out indeed Wait. we'll look into this further our next comment is from max power returning champion if I had any children, I'd probably hold off on letting them watch a movie like Reanimator until they're at least 12, I think. You don't want to scar any young minds with any of the bizarre stuff going on in that movie. Or maybe you do. I don't know how you roll. I can imagine a good parent, or even a mediocre parent, not renting Frankenhooker for their son. <laughs> the title alone makes it sound like a porno. You're right. That's a huge red flag right there. The title is a big barrier to access, just a big sticker that says, Nope, for any so-called discerning viewer. It keeps the riffraff out, is what I'm saying. Anybody who sees the name Frankenhooker and thinks, This might not be for me, isn't prepared for what's in store, and is better off watching a Star Wars or something. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who know, for those who get it, you're drawn to that title like a moth to a flame. How can we say no to Frankenhooker? I guess what I'm saying is your show needs to review a Frankenhooker. So get on that. All right, Max Power. Thank just, you for the comment. I just need to watch Frankenhooker and we'll review it. There's good news on that front, Kai. It's on Shudder. Oh, shit. We're doing Frankenhook. It's been requested. We have to fucking do it. You know I'm in. <laughs> You're like, I've been waiting for you to say that for a fucking decade. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment since the day I was born. Frankenhooker, Trapo. Thank you for the comment, Max Power. I agree with you. Frankenhooker is happening. This is a, an exciting new era. Whatever. Who fucking cares? Whatever. What's next? Anyways, What's happening next? Our next comment on uh, Trapo's mailbag number five is from Sincerely the Undersigned. That's a name? Sincerely, Sincerely oh, comma, the Undersigned. And it's a good thing I'm, I'm going to read this one. Oh, so man. you just sit back. Who likes that cover of Ziggy Stardust? You played a clip of dumbass noises that sounded vague like the David Bowie song and you call that great I looked up that cover on YouTube just to hear more of it in case it was supposed to be a parody because at least I could understand that but this shit is supposed to be serious Nina Hagen what the hell is this? She's a weirdo who just makes a bunch of noise and looks wacky and that's good enough. It had half a million views and so much praise and comments. Am I losing my mind or is everyone else on drugs? What is going on? Are you serious? Or is this like praising Tommy Wiseau for making the worst movie ever? I did get a laugh from the top comment on the video though. The only woman on earth that could give auto-tune a nervous breakdown. <laughs> that sounds about right. I don't get it and I don't care to hear any more of it. What a fucking world we're living in. <laughs> Thank you for your comment, sincerely, the undersigned. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you broke Dustin's heart, but you know, you made me laugh. <laughs> no, I, I, I but get I get it. it. I get it. Is it. Fucking stupid weird noise. It's really harsh. It was a little harsh. I get it though. I mean Nina Hoggett is not for everybody. If you can't get into that, then you really have no business listening to our music in general. <laughs> you shouldn't point. go further than that. That cover is pretty faithful. The, the thing I love about that cover in particular is that the music itself, the actual instrumentation, it all sounds like elevator music. <laughs> 
And then you have Nina Hagen going hog wild on the fucking vocals. She's having a blast. Look, you don't like it, and I get it. You have to be in a certain state of mind, and you have to be a certain kind of human being to begin with to really get into it. I get it. Yeah. I understand. If that's a real comment, the only woman on earth that could give auto-tune a nervous breakdown, that's incredibly accurate. Like, really. I mean, it's like, definitely. I would definitely agree with that. Like, if you want to keep coming back... And commenting sincerely, the undersigned, we would both love to have you come back. Send if this us an email, yeah, tell us more. Us, but if this scared you off, I get it. Thank you for the comment. Nina Hagen is a weirdo, and she made very, very weird music, and I love almost all of it. Our next comment is from Meatloaf Mixtape. <laughs> Somebody listened to the last mailbag. They know right. about the Meatloaf Mixtape. Meatloaf Mixtape says, I know you guys keep talking about Danzig on the podcast, and have you ever thought of reviewing one of his records? Some of them are pretty good. Maybe you could even do a mixtape. Maybe a user request mixtape like what you're supposedly doing with the B-52s. <laughs> Is that actually happening, by the way, or did you already forget? I would contribute to a Danzig mixtape, because I guess I'd consider myself a fan of Glenn Danzig's music. Not really is newer stuff for the most part but he had a really solid run well first off meatloaf mixtape if you don't consider yourself a fan of his newer stuff then you're not a glenn danzig fan i hate to be the bearer of, of bad news but if you can't stick with the man through the lean times then you don't deserve him at his best <laughs> you don't you shouldn't be a dick to the people listening. this mother named himself meatloaf mixtape <laughs> he did it on purpose. This is like a this is like a fucking shot across my bow. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck you, Meatloaf mixtape. Mr. Meatloaf. <laughs> Mr. Meatloaf mixtape. I'm gonna cut that part out. I'm sorry, Meatloaf mixtape. But no, yeah, uh, Fuck you, Meatloaf mixtapes. <laughs> okay, first off, we are doing the B-52's mixtape. Yeah. That's coming. We haven't forgotten. We just have a slow, circuitous schedule, and shit comes out when it comes out. That's all I can say. The B-52's mixtape episode is coming. User curated. It's a big deal. We care about our, our listeners. They requested a bunch of B-52 songs, and we're going to run through them and see whether or not they deserve to be in a mixtape. That's, I mean, it's going to be a lot of as far as your uh, idea of a Danzig mixtape, I don't know. I'm very conflicted about that. I think I'm in the same boat as you, Meatloaf mixtape. Anything before maybe Death Red Sabbath, I think, is worthwhile. As for a mixtape, I don't know. I don't know if I'd do a mixtape. Maybe what I'd want to do, give listeners the, the opportunity to vote on which Danzig album they would want us to cover. That might be more interesting, I think, instead of a mixtape. Potentially, yeah. Maybe we see what the consensus is of what the listeners think is the best Danzig album to cover. It would have to be a solo Danzig album, not Misfits and not uh, Sam Hain. It would have to be a Danzig album. I wouldn't mind discussing a Danzig album, but I wouldn't know which one it would be. I guess the idea of, I'm thinking of would be to throw it out that way and say which Danzig album do the listeners want to cover. What would you prefer, Kai, if we had to pick one? I'm not nearly as familiar with his business as you are, so I was thinking opening up to anything Danzig made. Oh, would you be more interested in mixtape in general? Kinda, yeah. I'm okay either way. Meatloaf mixtape, you might get your wish at some point in the future. There might be a Danzig mixtape, a Danzig discussion thread on the blog. We may, in fact, be curating a Danzig mixtape at some point, maybe next year. 
Maybe never. I don't know. But thank you for the comment. Meatloaf mixtape. Speaking of comments, we have another comment on our Trapo's mailbag number five. And that's by Brintano. (laughs) Commenter Brintano says, I would like to see some Tom Petty in the canon. Yeah, Wildflowers is in the canon. I've been a huge fan for years, and I even got the privilege of seeing him in concert on a few occasions before he passed. His music is a lot more heartfelt and soulful than a lot of critics ever gave him credit for. Maybe you could give some of his music a spin and see if it belongs. Well, uh, thank you, Brentano, for your comment. Uh, Wildflowers is fucking all up in the canon. That was Essential Albums Part 2. That was Part 2. That was our, our second podcast, yeah. Maybe some more stuff will uh, seep in. There's always a chance that Tom Petty may rear his ugly head again at some point in the uh, Trapo journey. I wouldn't mind maybe talking about Highway Companion. I was going to say, damn the torpedoes or Highway Companion are the Mm. only two I'd really want to talk about. We could do this whole catalog and skip through most of them and then... Oh, we could definitely do a Tom Petty mixtape. Yeah. Maybe 40 songs deep, but we could do it. (laughs) Yeah. Brentano, Wildflowers is there. I guess you didn't listen to our earlier episodes and, uh, you know, good for you. Yeah, Wildflowers is one of our our inaugural albums. It's already, it's in the canon. There may be some Tom Petty coming at some point in the future, but it's not a priority because we've already done it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been quite the journey. The mailbag is, uh, it's empty. It's fucking fucking empty. empty. But if you would like to help us refill Trapo's mailbag, and we know you do, it's so easy. All you have to do is point your browser to traposhow.blogspot.com. Find the post of your choosing. Leave a comment. Tell us that we're the worst podcast you've never listened to. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you want to see inducted in the Trap Us Like Just Can and make your case, and we will acknowledge your presence on a future installment of the mailbag. Probably. Well, probably. We could skip over it. We don't get we, we, we might delete your shit and move on with our lives. I don't we know. We might. I haven't done it yet. Or the email thing. We got an email. Kai. You could send us an email, Show at gmail.com we want to hear from you tell us your thoughts tell us what's going on tell us what we should talk about we really want to hear from you please for the love of god send us an email we're pretty sure we're dead and that we're floating in a fucking psionic abyss we're there (laughs) we're we're in the psionic abyss so prove us wrong by sending us an email (laughs) please for the love of god leave us a comment or we'll fucking Or find us on Instagram. It's Trapo Show everywhere. Leave us a comment on Instagram. Tell us that we're the we're the cat's pajamas or, or a sack of shit. But anyway, we've had a good time tonight, tonight. Rif- rifling through Trapo's mailbag. But the mailbag is empty, and it's time for us to uh, bid you adieu, ladies and gentlemen. You know, until next time, you can get the fuck off the internet. <laughs> The show that talks about stuff on purpose is a Fenderman Incorporated production.